podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm going to be honest, don't really know what I'm doing. He was often a player that I would buy on Football Manager. That's it's already a terrible reason. From Jon Snow, Matt puts Dan's wardrobe to shame. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Look at him, the cat that got the cream. Ian Tyler said it was the worst thing he'd ever seen in his life. Monk, really, he's, what's he, I know Monk. he's manager. What kind of thing is Gary Monk. Five out of ten. I haven't finished yet. I cannot believe Gabby had Bonner Hall's That's crazy, That's isn't terrible. it? That's terrible. Yeah, we might well have lost listeners early doors again with a long, long-winded intro. Go, shoot. Hello, welcome back to the Villa View podcast, episode 18. Actually, no, it's not episode 18, it's episode 19. I've completely lost track. The luscious locks of Chris Dolan have been replaced by Thomas Julian, back from his holiday. How was your holiday, Thomas? It was very nice, thank you. Uh, luscious locks, not very much. No. Not very much there. Not compared to Dolan's. Uh, no. He has got some hair done. He's got perfect hair. Some hair done. Um, yeah, no, it was great. It was uh, well needed. A uh, little bit of sun, a little bit of uh, just relaxing on the beach, yeah. read some books. You know, very nice. Are you rejuvenated? Do you feel refreshed coming uh, into the podcast? Uh, yeah, podcast, yeah. Um, I mean, I love coming to the podcast, so that's always good. I feel refreshed after moving house. Oh, you've uh, had a lot on, to be fair. Yeah, I've had a lot on. It's been a busy time. Work's yeah. been busy as well, so it was really nice to take a week off. Hannah, my wife, needed the week off as well, so that was quite nice. Yeah. And we just uh, yeah chilled out, did a bit of a tour of Barca. You know, I had a nice time. Did you Barca ground? You did the Barca no, ground? No, 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 as in a Gaudi tour. The when artist. you say you've done the tour, oh, God, I don't even know that. I can't even begin to discuss that kind of thing with you because I know nothing about it. You I don't even know who that is. I've never heard of Gauda. He's an architect. Okay, I've had a gander. <laughs> Not the same. <laughs> the, the, the Sagrada Familia, the massive church in Barcelona. Nope, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Have you nothing. ever been to Barcelona? No. Oh, okay. well, That probably doesn't help. No, it doesn't. It doesn't help the situation. Did you listen to the podcast with Chris? I'm just trying to thank Chris, actually, for coming in and bailing me out because it would have been pretty lonely doing a podcast on my own but I managed to get Dolan along and he was a very good addition I would say yeah I thought it was great actually I mean I've, I've met Dolan a couple of times he's a really nice chap loves Villa you could yeah. obviously tell that he uh, he has a long history with the club 1993 I think he said his first shirt was and when, when he when he fell in love with the club chose it over Liverpool so just showing that I listened there yeah um, yeah I got a couple of a couple of points okay. I don't know if you want to go into them or not uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you can do it, do do it now. It Go on, we got a couple. Of it makes sense to do it now, doesn't it? We got a couple. Of Apologies minutes. to anyone who's new to the Villa View podcast and uh, probably surprised that we're not actually talking about Villa. We will come on. to Well, them. we are talking about Villa. These are Villa yeah, points. Yes, well, it's more about the podcast, isn't it? But we well, will. Well, oh, you gone in? You basically said that you didn't see four four two as a long term option. Remember no, that? I still don't. Well. You also talk about Whelan and Yedinak. Neither of those are long-term options anyway. No. I feel like we've been playing our best and most productive football, obviously in the last couple of games, back-to-back wins. You, you're going to have to replace Whelan and Yedinak anyway. I, I love the way Keenan Davis is playing at the moment. We'll come on to that a little bit later. But it actually feels like we're, we're more effective. I don't, I don't necessarily like a 4-4-2, but it feels like we're more effective. And we're going to have to replace one, if not both of those central midfielders anyway. Yeah. I'm not saying Lansbury and Hurahan are the answer, for sure, because like you said, I think um, you take away from Hurahan's creativity if, if you keep him so deep. But we're going to have to do something different anyway come come July, very, very latest. What I'm saying is I think this season, long-term 4-4-2 won't be the answer because yeah. I think if you play that against a good team, no disrespect to the teams we played, played if we if we come against a, up against a midfield three... We will get overran, especially when the one in the midfield two for us is pretty old and his legs aren't what they used to be. I don't think that'd be a similar in a four. Like we've seen it in a four-three-three, where we've got we've got those two old players, and they're they're going to get. Well, they're not going to play. Well. To, they're not going to play together in a three. Whelan and Yednet will never play together no. unless we were seriously low. 
on bodies because you've got to put legs around them whatever formation you play. Interesting. I, I thought you meant kind of longer term as, well, in, as in the Villa way. Yeah, I think it stands for both, but I think I was talking at the time about this season. I don't think 4-4-2 will last, but I think whilst it's working, whilst we're winning, we keep it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, again, Chris was a great guest. I didn't. I, I hate it when I hear that we should be walking the league. Dolan mentioned he he expected us to kind of come into this league, maybe not last year, but definitely this season, to be streets above other teams. And when I hear that, it just makes me just go, ah, because last year we were terrible. And then and then you said yourself there that you think even in the last 12 months, the championship has evolved quite a lot. I think it's a better league. I think it's been a good league for a, before Villa were in it. It's a tough league. And you often see teams that come up from League One and they, they're instantly competing because there's so many games... It's such a competitive division, and I, I, I just don't think there was there was the respect there for the championship, especially last year from Villa, uh, and this year we're, we're seeing it again. It's, it's a tough league, and you can't walk over anything. In some ways, maybe it's, I've only just thought this point now. In some ways, maybe it's easier to come up from League One and enter the championship than it is for a team like us who've come down, never been in the championship before. The the array of games that you have the way it's so relentless like it never it never stops the championship so for example Sheffield United at the moment are doing very well they've had a great start great result for them at the weekend being their local rivals I think their manager Chris Wilder deserves a lot of credit for what he's done there really with Sheffield United because they're doing well mm-hmm. early doors but it's, in some ways it's easier for them to come up knowing the format than it is for Villa to come down with a, a struggling squad that's been low on confidence and a team that's not used to winning games. Where Sheffield United are used to winning games and you carry on with the momentum. Yeah, I'd that's agree. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I, d- I definitely agree with the point with the format and with the with the momentum, the form, that kind of thing. It's the point that we you, you, a team would come down and be expected to just walk back into the league. That just doesn't happen. No, well, look anymore. at Sunderland. They're not going. They've not got off to fly. They're going to be the Villa of this season. Yeah, Villa last season of this season. You you often see and and you guys reference Newcastle. I think that's a little bit of a different example. They had more one money. Off. They had they one had off. Rafa, and and that was a that was a one off, like you say. And I also wanted to reassure you. Uh, you guys were talking about your worst ever Villa predictions. You you kind of wavered there, where you were like uh, at some point. I thought maybe Alex McLeish didn't do as bad as the job. I just said that as like maybe he wasn't so bad. Uh, no, he was looking back. He was. Yeah. He was bad. Yeah, we can uh, we can we can certainly agree on that one. So uh, there's been a lot of bad. To be fair, a lot of yeah. bad managers have rocked up at, at Villa in recent times. Yeah, uh, but but a good podcast. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was very serious. I don't know why because I'm not a serious person at all. But I think because I was kind of sitting in your chair and being the one to more ask the questions I took it a bit more seriously than I normally do I actually listened to the podcast rather than, than watching it on YouTube did you actually sit in this chair? yeah oh wow I took, took the chair I did as I was told to be honest really? that's what Dan Rollinson told me to do did he really? yeah he said you take the big boy chair wow the Don, big boy no, chair no, come that's, 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 that's just come on but I think I think the mix we have in the podcast being honest I think you're better at presenting I think maybe I'm better at talking about football. Yeah, I mean, so it automatically goes that way. Well, let's let's not beat around the bush. You watch a lot more Villa, especially live, than than I do, and I think it's yeah. fair for you to to have that that those hot takes. And I love your opinion. Well, I missed the game at the weekend, obviously being at a, at a wedding, so I don't feel as prepared mm-hmm. as normal. I've watched watched the highlights, but good win. Yeah. Good win. Any so, win's a good win. We were talking earlier about the the bad win. Yeah. Sam Rollinson was saying people are saying it was it was a bad win. Mm-hmm. Well, why? No yeah. wins a bad win. And two on the bounce, you know, we're up to ninth. We're heading in the right direction. Back-to-back wins, first time since April, you know, and... and That's not actually that long, is it? It's like, in layman's terms, two months, because well, there's it's, obviously it's, a summer, what, a summer games, break. More than yeah, that? I don't know, but it's a good, it's a good start. Games? The true test now will be whether we can get 
two away wins on the bounce because obviously we won the Barnsley game. Just prior to your holiday? Uh, I was flying out, yeah. yeah. So we won that game. And then obviously now it's our first away game since then. So if we start to win away games as well, then you really will see us start to head in the right direction. But back-to-backs are massive in this league. Yeah, and six unbeaten as well, which is which is huge. And, and again, talked about it last week. We've talked about it throughout September. This has been a big month. We haven't necessarily won all these games, but we are putting together... Again, performance is, is kind of up and down, isn't it? But but undefeated is is, is an important kind of feature as well. Yeah, I think if you'd have offered me a, an undefeated, I'd have probably thought, okay, we're going to end up drawing a few games here, which is probably has been, that has been the case. Mm-hmm. But if we win the next two, then I think September's been a very good month for us. How many points would that be if we win the next two? Oh, goodness. Nine, 11 points was that, have I made that up? 12 points maybe? Something around those numbers, I can't do the maths quickly. No, who was the first game of the month? It was Brentford, wasn't it? So Brentford was a draw, yeah. Middlesbrough's a draw, so that's two points. Beat Barnsley, three points. Beat, uh, beat Forest, three point, eight points. Eight. And then two lots of three. So 14 points that would be. That was a, that was And a... I think that would be a very good month and I'd have definitely taken that. And if you if we go back to the the show when you weren't here, lots of people were going between the 12 and 14 range and apart from from Chris's 18, which was ambitious to say the least. 14 I think was the top the top end of that. So I think actually, I might have said 14. I think I said yeah, I can't remember. It, it, it's it's on the record somewhere. Yeah, um, I think I'm pretty sure I said 14. But Villa fans then have to kind of look at September and go although it was so dour the first first couple of games actually you win the next two games we're only two points off the playoffs as things stand this is obviously being filmed before we take on Burton uh, on Tuesday night you know you win those two games and we could be talking about a playoff team when we're in the podcast studio next week yeah and that's where we've got to be ultimately by the end of September if we're not at least challenging for the playoffs and there's something wrong that's an absolute disgrace and it's been a bad start to the season but that's how the, it's the fine margins it's the fine lines you win the two games and suddenly you, like you say we'll probably be in the top six yeah and then and oh. then do we look back at the first month first six weeks and go we were a bit silly to, to talk about the, some of the things we do do we cut Bruce a bit of slack do we do we have to rein ourselves in as fans because we love this team we love the club and it's full passion project for for every fan um, all over the country and all over the world actually and we get kind of swept up in the in the hyperbolic nature of football sometimes it's a difficult one really because obviously Bruce was going on about his mass hysteria yeah. things from the first few games but in the fans defence the start wasn't good it I'm wasn't not... convincing and with that fo- with that following on from the end of last season which wasn't good I think it was probably fair to be questioned I think mm. He's actually, yeah. since he's come out a bit more brash and a bit more bold and said himself, he said, who are you going to get in that's better than me? We've picked up and he's kind of walk, he's walked the walk the last few games rather than just talking the talk. So I think he's got to continue doing that. I think that's an interesting point. I think, I think you're bang on actually about how the form continued from last year and that was such a disappointment. Losing 3-0 at Cardiff. Yeah. That shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Shouldn't, not at this stage. But we could also look at, look at the game uh, that's just gone against Forrest and, and actually... It could have gone a different way. You know, Daryl Murphy had that, that headed chance at one all. He had another headed chance a little bit later on where if 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 he'd have scored that or at least put put Villa to the sword a little bit more, you know, we could have been looking at being 2-1 down maybe. And then the confidence goes, the, the, the pressure then builds on the team again and, and we lose that game. Then, you know, you look at the fan cams. One guy called Bruce a legend in the fan cams. You're looking at a completely different set of fan cams then, aren't you? And, th- and that's, that's fine margins, though. But fine margins, do we need to... 
like this isn't attack at the fans at all because we talked about how great the fans are often. But sometimes do we need to just in this world of kind of instant social media and all that kind of thing, just take a step back and go. All right, Steve. <laughs> well, yeah, Bruce. Well, well, I'm not. I don't feel like I'm in a position to defend Bruce, but at the same time, it's a bit of realism where we're in September, and by the end of September, we could be a playoff team and we could be pushing again for those for those automatic places. It's difficult because from his point of view, he'll say he may. Have, well, I don't think he did say this, but he'll have probably been thinking, "Judge me." at the end of September after this run of games we've had a, a relatively tough start so you can kind of see why results went the way they did but I think it was the performances and the way we were playing I think had we for example Brentford drew nil-nil with us if I was a Brentford fan watching that game I'd think oh we're not too far away because they played really well we weren't getting the results and we weren't playing well mm-hmm. so the Brentford game nil-nil was, was rubbish whereas the next game against Middlesbrough I looked at that and I was a bit more positive because yeah. the performance was there in a, in a lot of aspects and then since then We've picked up and it's carried on. I'm not even going to include the League Cup game mm-hmm. in it because that was just a, a joke team. I'm not yeah. calling Steve Bruce a joke, but it was a joke team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was no not one left footer in the team except for Jed Steer, so it was completely unbalanced. It was a mishmash of players that will never play together mm. for Villa again. So I can forgive the Cup game. And I said at the time, if you throw the Cup game, you have to make sure you win against Forest on Saturday, and we did that. Yeah. So he, again, he's walked the walk. Yeah. Again, going back to exactly what Bruce said, it is the choice of words that you say as well, isn't it? That 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 wrangle with fans, you know, a mass hysteria, there's there's negative connotations and it makes, it kind of undermines the fans a little bit, it just gives them a little poke to say, listen, I know what I'm doing, just, just, it's a kind of shut up, isn't it, a little bit? I think he said since that the mass hysteria wasn't aimed at the fans, it was aimed, like, it wasn't aimed at the fans at the game, it's aimed at the people on social media who want, who want instant success, but, but there's a couple, for- a couple we, of as times. I said, we've forgiven Really, in the main, the Villa fans have forgiven what was a pretty turgid end to the season, mm-hmm. really, finishing 13th. Steve Bruce, when he came... I mean, he, did he say the other day something about when he came in, the remit was not to get relegated? So, because I didn't think that was the remit. I thought the remit was we were still capable of getting into the top six when Wait, he came in. Uh, oh, oh, what, at the I end of the I can clearly imagine this. It's been a rough weekend for me. Yeah, <laughs> we'll maybe get on to that. Um, I... I I can't remember, to be honest. I, I, I'm sure he said this week that, it, I mean, correct, correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. As I said, this could have been dreamt up because I've had a heavy, heavy week. I'm sure he said the remit when he came in was to not get relegated. A Dan Bardell fever dream. I, I tell you what, it wouldn't be the first time I've dreamt about Villa. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever have like a recurring oh, dream? Did, was there not a Twitter, uh, a tweet that you sent out on Saturday night which just said, Villa's the only thing that matters to me or something no, no, like no, that. No, 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 that was a few weeks ago. That was another another layer. Was that before I went to holiday? I said all I care about is AVFC, which is a chant. I was just putting the little chant in there. Right. I often think about stuff like that when I'm when I have but you have you ever dreamt about <laughs> have you ever dreamt about playing for Villa? Yeah, yeah, of course. Do you, when I've ever I've had this dream, and this probably isn't far away from the truth with my actual football ability. I've had a dream that I'm playing for Villa. You know those dreams where you're always falling over and you can't walk yeah. and you're like floating. It was one of them, but I was at Villa Park playing for Villa and at the end of the game I went to like clap the fans and they were all booing me and telling me oh, I was terrible. No. I've had that dream a couple of times. I, I do you know what? I can't I remember dreaming about playing for Villa. I don't really remember how it turned out, which probably isn't a good sign either. No. Nah. Um but yeah, I just throw that in there. I, let us know in the comments if you've ever had any dreams about Villa it's or really, general. It's just really tell, interesting. Tell us your dreams. Um, let's talk a little bit about the the Villa Nottingham Forest game. I just want to pick out a couple of bits. Uh, Keenan Davis again was a was Monster. a massive massive highlight for me, and it's so nice to have a player who is is up the field and is winning all the 50-50s. It seems every ball that comes to him, everyone that he's got to dangle his foot in, he comes out on top of that. 
thing is, well, we haven't lost since he's come into the team, I don't think, in the league. Right. So he's obviously made a difference because the ball sticks to him. And in the Brentford game, and I keep harping on about the Brentford game, we didn't get bodies close to him. Since then, we've rectified that problem. We've got people people up with him. And having Codger up next to him will do him the, do him the world of good because there's a, there's a clever player there, a good player next to him. I think they should make a good combination. I'd like, it sounds stupid because obviously Codger's our best player, but I'd like to see what Hogan could do next to, next to Davis. Mm-hmm. I, I think he'd be useful. Actually, going back to Davis, I will come back onto Hogan in a second, but the way Davis moved for the. For uh, Adoma's goal. I thought he just dragged away the centre back because they were worried about what he was going to do, and he he made that little dart as if he was going to make the run. It just created this huge gap for Adoma, and, and it was a beautiful ball by uh, by Jonathan Codger. But but he he's worrying defenders a bit like yeah, he's occupying them. A very very like different player to Harry Kane, but centre backs and defenders are drawn to Keenan Davis, and it just creates so much space for for the other player. And when you've got somebody creative like Adoma or Codger buzzing around him he doesn't need to be directly involved in it he's creating opportunities by just being there well, exactly he's only scored once mm-hmm. hasn't he so it's not like he's he's putting the ball in the back of the net for fun but he is making the team better it's like I mean I don't, don't think he's a similar player to him at all but it's like when you know when strike partners always said they loved playing next to Hesker yeah it's the same kind of thing Codger or whoever's playing up with Davis will love playing with him because he does the dirty work, he does the stuff they don't and then they don't have to do it and he is occupying people and to be fair his first touch is spot on you don't see, you never. You, I don't really see him make a bad first touch or a, or a wrong decision. No. Sometimes his passing could could be a little bit better, a little bit more astute. But in general, it's all round game. And I thought it when he came on against Brighton last season, he really, really scared them, and he's carried that on. But it's kind of like it almost feels like we stumbled upon it because of injuries. Like mm. he should have been involved anyway if he's that good. If he's going to cause that that much problems to teams, he should have been involved anyway. Yeah, he's he's a player that I'm I'm really quite excited about. And there was a question in the in the. Uh, comments that we had on Twitter today and I think it was who would you pick as one of the most valuable players uh, the Villa have at the moment and for me he, he seems really exciting he's like you say he's a bit raw he, he could work on a few things he's still very very young but he adds a lot more value than just goals to this team and he is the reason that 4-4-2 seems to be working whereas it didn't at the start of the season or, or last year it's one of the reasons Horahan's got as many goals as he had because obviously he got the hat-trick against Norwich he wouldn't have got that hat-trick without Keenan Davis being on, on the pitch mm-hmm. he opens up space to midfielders even like someone who likes to shoot shoot from range I mean when we're playing one up front with Codger last season you take Codger out of the game, you're pretty much stopping Villa scoring. But yeah. you can't, you can't stop someone like Keenan Davis being involved in the game. Yeah, well, if you try to, then Codger's going to come yeah. at you. And he made some deep runs. Uh, Codger did, and that led to the free kick for Hurahan as well. And you've got someone like uh, Albert Adoma again buzzing around. He was so busy, wasn't he, um, against Forest, and and he obviously scored the goal. And but he was so creative on that left hand side. Gave us a, a lot more width, I thought as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's his favourite position down the left-hand side. I think if you asked Adoma where he'd like to play, he'd probably say right midfield. But we know that Snodgrass doesn't want to play left midfield, and we know that Snodgrass is probably going to play every game. Do you think he's when bothered, he's Adoma? Like, if I, don't it, think, I don't think he's affected him. But he'd I think he's play, right? I think his best position is right, is probably right midfield. He'd say his best position is right midfield. It's where he's played most of his football. But since he's coming down the left, he scored three goals, albeit one being a penalty. But you know, he took his goal well as well, like a striker. Oh, absolutely, it was a. Great little touch, knock it around the keeper, and uh, and you know the rest is the rest is history. And uh, yeah, I, I was a little bit a little bit worried. Obviously, Forrester. Uh, did you see the stat that Forrest had eighty four percent passing accuracy, six hundred and twelve passes in the game? I'm not seeing that. They kind of they they dominated the the possession of the ball. They couldn't make it count. They had more chances uh, and more shots on target as well. 
But at the end of the day, the only score... Oh, I've ruined that one, haven't I? The, the only st- the only stat You've got that, so many good words out there. The only stat that matters is, uh, is the, is the scoreline. Exactly. And the thing is now as well, I think we've got a goalkeeper and a defence that we can rely on again. I think Terry's, Septem- Terry's been very good in September. He's upped his game from, from uh, and I said Australia then, he's upped his game from August. We're all over the place. <laughs> but now we've got a keeper who's making, he's not only making saves, he's making saves that are affecting the game. Like that free kick save at, t- at 2-1, he's making saves that have kept us in games. We'd have lost the Brentford game without him. He made some really important saves against Middlesbrough as well. So he's turned it round completely from what I thought of him when he first arrived. Do you think John Terry, going back to John Terry for a second, should have done better I felt like um, Daryl Murphy did very well to to get past. Um, I think who was it around him? Whelan, Terry, and Chester. But he should never have got through that. It felt a bit half-hearted. The challenge looked to me from Terry. Kind of stuck his leg out, but it didn't look like maybe a full-body challenge that we might have seen from Terry in the past. Maybe he didn't want to take him take him down like Elphick did in the way to the to the Middlesbrough guy. I don't, it was a little bit further I mean, out. I can't, I can't even picture the goal now in my head, even though I have watched it. That shows how bad yesterday was. But my initial reaction was Whelan should have done a bit, a bit more. Yeah, that, uh, was well, my, that was my initial thought. It wasn't necessarily Terry, but the, the fact that there was three around them, three more senior Premier League players, should have done more to deal with down right. Very good finish, uh, to be fair. Yeah, he's a good championship striker, isn't he? He's a very combative striker. He scored goals at this level f- for fun. So he'll score goals for Forrest. We were, it's probably not the... Uh, I mean, you'd say that John Terry and James Chester, you'd think they'd be susceptible. Not maybe not so much Chester. John Terry would be susceptible to pace. But it's the it's the bullies that tend to cause most centre-backs problems in the Championship. And that's why Keenan Davis is causing problems. And Murphy's from the same ilk. Mm-hmm. He's just a big battering ram up there, and he'll score goals. You mentioned Scott Hogan. I said we'd come back onto it. We talk about Scott Hogan every week. Well, let's which just... Which probably tells you something. Let's talk about it for two minutes then, or maybe less. Yeah. Where does he fit in now? Because... I, well, I don't does, see him. He doesn't at the moment. I don't, I don't see him starting. And I'd, is he the kind of impact sub that you want to be playing? Well, in some ways, yes, because you know he's, you know he has scored goals in the championship. You know he's got electric pace. He's got good feet, and he's if you if you, the ball's falling around to you in the box, you'd want it to fall to someone like him. Or be that hasn't really worked out for him at Villa so far. But it's a long season. Davis is only a kid. He isn't going to play every game. Mm-hmm. So there'll be chances for Hogan. That's interesting you say that because I actually think. <laughs> the way that modern football goes, younger players do play more, and they, the, the the stats seem to show that they get burned out a little bit quicker. It's a lot to ask Davis to play every single week in the but championship. If he's playing well, he's not going to want to come out, and Steve Bruce isn't going to take him out. He will. They'll, not at the moment, but as the season goes on, there'll be times when you expect Davis to play, and he'll be sat on the bench or not even involved in the eighteen because you can't ask an eighteen, nineteen-year-old to lead the line for the whole season in that well, league. We've seen it done before, though. We've seen it done before in the Premier League. Rooney, Owen, those kind of players. Yeah, they're freaks. They're fr- my, Wayne Rooney, when he came on the scene, was a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. There will never be anyone who comes along and makes that impact at 16, 17, well, like he did. But what I'm saying is, is the pressure of winning is so much that actually managers, their, their long-term priority, managers don't stay in the game that long. Their long-term, pri- their priority, sorry, is not Kim Davis's long-term development. It's win now. No, but... Davis will get fatigued. He won't be able to play. He physically won't be able to do it. And they'll do all kinds of stats and tests behind the scenes about the, about players' medical. I don't know what word I'm looking for. About the players' fitness. Mm-hmm. 
really, and they'll know when it's the time to take Davis out because the machines will tell them, for want oh, of a better word. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those machines, they're taking yeah. over. Yeah. Um, I, we'll wait and see on that one. I, I'm a little bit sceptical because I think I've, I've seen it happen before in, in football, in NFL, when, when you have to win. You always have to get the NFL. I, know, I knew you were going to say that. This is an NFL time. It's football. It's football. It's Premier League. Oh, God. <laughs> it's definitely not, it's Premier, not League. Premier League. But uh, but maybe one day we'll, we will wait and see. There, there's a lot of pressure in this in this game, and if we're chasing the playoffs, if Keenan Davis keeps putting in the performances, I mean, then maybe he's not tired and maybe he'll be okay. But like you say, it's a long season. There does need to be some uh, some rotation. There will be rotation at the end of the day. Hogan's a twelve to fifteen million pound striker that, we, that we've bought. He's going to mm-hmm. have to play some games. Yeah. Otherwise, he'll be off. And I don't think we will sell him. There's um, so anything else you want to add from the Nottingham Forest game? No, not really. I don't think so. I was going to ask you how, you, how the NFL season started for you. Okay. Give you a chance to plug your YouTube stuff that you're doing, but I haven't actually watched any of it yet, so I don't know whether it's any good. Oh, thanks, mate. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to put my name to something that might not be any good. Uh, well, this is a quick cross-promotion if you're an NFL fan. We actually uh, had James Rushton on the other day from... Um, oh, really? Some... Seven and a half thousand. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, he's, he's a big NFL fan as well. A, he's a Browns fan, yeah, so he did a little bit for us. Um, yeah, I've launched a new NFL YouTube channel, NFL Talk UK, giving fans a voice. There uh, you go, I've, I've set you up there, a treat. That's it, we don't need to do too much, but if you are an NFL fan... I think Max Roberts likes NFL. Yeah, check it out. It's on, uh, it's on YouTube, it's on Twitter, NFL Talk UK. There's a little... Uh, Advertisement segment. Yeah, well done. Well done. Uh, Should we talk about Gareth Barrow? Uh, that's exactly what I was going to go on to. Read, read my mind. Go on well, then. I read your mind. You, you kick it off. I'm um, just wanting. I mean, I'm sh- I don't think he listens to the Villa View podcast. I don't, actually, he does know what the Villa View are because we did try and get him, but the move to West Brom has completely scuppered that yeah. avenue that we were going down. So mm. we won't be getting an interview with Gareth Barry anytime soon. We thought we were going to when he was at Everton because we knew the press officer who used to work at Villa, but that avenue is now closed. But yeah, congratulations to him. Fully deserved. Going to go on and break the record. I presume he's in the team. I don't know. It's 7.15 at the time of filming. I presume he's in the West Brom team against Arsenal tonight. And it couldn't happen to a a better professional. Yeah, so this is the Premier League record. Ryan Giggs' Premier League all-time appearances record. If you're breaking a record from Ryan Giggs, you're doing something right. It's an absolutely phenomenal achievement. And... uh, and full credit to him. And, and Gareth Barry is a fantastic servant to the club. Obviously went on to Manchester City, won some, won some silverware and, and full credit to him. What do you think the, the, the fans think of Gareth Barry? Do you think he's a... Because of, obviously you've got players that are considered snakes and you've got players that are considered Judas's, that kind of thing. I feel like Gareth Barry doesn't really have that, that stigma attached to him. He doesn't. But when he first left, he was treated like someone who did something like Fabian Delph mm. did. And to be honest, how anyone could ever boom after the contribution he made, I never understood that. I never understood how when Man City came to play us, Gareth Barry got booed and James Milner got applauded. Yeah. Because Gareth Barry gave eight years of his career to Villa. And, and he did very well off Villa. And Villa did well off him. And in the end, we got a good fee for him with one year left on his contract. But Milner left at the first chance he could get to go to Man City, his eyes lit up and he, and he went there and Milner always used to get a good reception and Barry didn't and I, I baffled me. Do you, do you have a sour taste in your mouth about Milner leaving? I don't want more to talk so about that, More so than Gareth Barrow. But would you... Because like, when, when I see a player move to someone like Man City or, or a, a title contending team, which, which we weren't... We were kind of... We were around Europa League, kind of Champions League, maybe, but, but not quite... And and these guys and, and Gareth Barry actually stayed, didn't he, for an extra year? 
and and gave it one more go and we still didn't get into the Champions League. And no, I mean I don't think he wanted to stay that one more year, but he did and he knuckled down and he never gave less than hundred percent. Absolutely. And he was a loyal captain. Yeah. I mean I think I have a bit of a I'd describe I have like a transfer rage list. Do you? I don't know. Like, yeah, like there's certain players you go and you just they go and you accept that they've gone for footballing reasons. Gareth Barry ended up winning the Premier League. He's gone to Man City. He didn't go for the money. He went because he wanted to win something. Yeah. So, and he gave Villa eight years. Ashley Young went to Man U five, six years. He gave Villa. I accept that. Ben Teke went to Liverpool after keeping us up for three years virtually on his own. I can accept that. I can see why he did it. Then you've got the other end of the spectrum, someone like Delph, who did all everything he did, all the hokey-cokey, and then decided he was going after saying he was staying the day before and what, what not all the week before. So that fills me up with rage. Would Downing, you... rage. Downing with rage? Yeah, because he won Player of the Year, said, oh, I'm going to stay, I want to sign a new contract. He only did a year and a half of actual football with us, and he went at the, again, went like Milner, went at the first why, chance he yeah, got. Yeah, but why do you expect such loyalty from someone like Downing, who who's moved around and and is looking for the well, next? At that stage point, in he hadn't career. because Middlesbrough were the only team he played for. Right, and he was looking then. for the next step. It's too soon, though. Do you think you got have a bit of loyalty for a team that looked after you, signed you when you were injured? I mean, maybe he saw what was coming. Do you think your refle- your fle- reflections would be different on players like Delph or Downing if they didn't say that they wanted to stay? Delph maybe, but again, he was someone who didn't play a lot of football for years at Villa. We looked after him, yeah. probably gave him contracts and paid him money when he wasn't playing, he wasn't doing anything on the pitch, and then we were rewarded by, for persevering with him because he turned into a very, very good midfield player for us. But you can't go around, you can't sign a contract in January, say, this is my club, and then decide you want to go, then change your mind because of the fan reaction, say you're going to stay, and then the next week, go. That's completely unacceptable. I don't disagree with you. Just for the record here, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate. Okay. I'm, I'm playing around with You're it. You're planning very well. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. You know, I'm, I'm used to pressing your buttons. Yeah. Who else is on your transfer rage list? Just, I think Downing and Delph are the ones that... Tom Cleverley said up. he... Yeah, he annoyed, he annoyed me a little bit. But again, maybe he saw what was about to unfold at Villa. Obviously, we ended up getting relegated. It's the ones that, like, they don't end up in an, in any better situation. Really, Cleverley's ended up at Watford. Okay, they're in the Prem, we're not. But great. No kid grows up wanting to play for Watford. I that's, no offence, that, Watford. That's the that's the point I was going to go on to actually. Like I and I, I don't know where I got waylaid with this point, but I can see why you'd leave what, a, a Villa or or that kind of size of club if you're going to go on to play for Manchester United, Man, uh, Man City, Chelsea. You're going to you're going to attempt to win the league, and that's a real career ambition yeah. that you've grown up with since you were six or whatever. But to go on to a team that's I don't know, a Bournemouth or a Watford or a Crystal Palace, those kind of teams. Benteke a little bit different. Obviously, he ended up, he went to Liverpool first and now he's gone to, to Palace. But, exactly. So, and, and like you said, we were we were fighting relegation for so long. He, he was doing kind it of, again. He, but he was kind of keeping us afloat. It kind of feels a bit unfair on Benteke because I thought he was a better player than that. He's a better player than the level he's playing at now. But I, I totally, I don't get players that leave a like-for-like like swap. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, I don't think that's happened very much, to be honest. I can't think of someone who's done that. I'm trying to think off the top of my They've head. all ended up at a like-for-like, like, maybe, via different routes. Like Benteke should never have gone to Liverpool because they didn't play the right... They weren't the right fit for him mm-hmm. under Rodgers. And then, obviously, Rodgers left. And as soon as Klopp came in, you knew he wouldn't fit into that high-press mentality. Benteke is a bit of a club where the team's going to be built around him, and Villa was built to suit him. Maybe that's short-sighted. That's why... What, what he needs. I mean, he scored goals at Palace as well because under Allardyce, the, the system was built to suit him with Zahar and uh, 
Townsend around him. It was the same when he had that first good season. First, he had Voiman and had Bonhoeffer around him back in the days when Gabby used to score a lot of goals. Well, I say a lot. Used to score double figures mm. in goals. So the, the systems were built to suit him. Liverpool, never going to happen. Uh, going back to Gareth Barry, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, we talk about Gareth congratulations Barry. to him. He now says that he reckons he can play till 40. Do you ever see him back in a Villa shirt? Uh, I think had we been in the Premier League, he would be at Villa now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. How long? How long does he stay in the Premier League? What's he? Is he a year contract? Two year contract? I think it might be two year or a year with an option of a second year. Right. At West Brom, I don't like seeing him playing for West Brom. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie because mm-hmm. for me, this is quite a big statement. I've said it on social media earlier. Gareth Barry for me is Villa's best Premier League era player that we've had. It's and a big obviously statement. the record goes on to prove that. Yeah, I mean he's a great player, absolutely great. Like he's not a showstopper. No, the, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, I'd, again, this is probably a big shout that I'm going to get some stick for in the comments. He's a completely different kind of player. Right. But for me, he's, he's not far off the level of Lampard and Gerrard. He's just a different player, different type of player. Yeah, again... He's not, never going to score the goals that they've scored. Yeah. But and, he, he uh, is as an effective player in what he does all, than what they are to being an attacking midfielder. All you can hear in this bit of podcast is me just going... Eh, yeah. uh, but he, he did also offer the versatility... Uh, he played in the centre, he played in the left, played left back. You know, he yep. he he filled a lot of holes for Villa as well, which which again and for England too. And then made central midfield his own, and that was his that was his that's his best position. But when he first came through, he was a great left sided centre back in the back five. Yeah, he was brilliant. I, I mean, seventeen I, years of years of age. If you're going to have an elite level, and then the next level, I put I'd put Gareth Barry at the top of the the secondary level below players like. Uh, Gerard and Lampard, I, f- I really feel like they changed the game. Yeah, they're different kinds of players. Though I'm trying to think of an equivalent to Barry in what he what he does, and I can't think of one. No, I mean people rave about Carrick. I know he's coming to the end of his career now. People have always said, "Oh, Carrick's a top footballer." I've always thought Barry was better, more to his game. Yeah, and and, and I don't know how many England caps Barry got, but that's obviously he was obviously rewarded for his quality performances. With an England shirt as well. And, and In the end, but it took a while for him to get recognition, to be fair. But that, again, it seems... Martin O'Neill was the one that Doesn't that seem the best a, a little bit similar to Carrick in that Carrick yeah, didn't always probably... get the plaudits that maybe he deserved as a, as a top quality industrial player? That's because England are dumb in general. We had English Scot- people. No, the, the setup of England, of England yeah. is rubbish and that's why we haven't won anything since 1966. We had Paul Scholes, probably the, the best... Cent- I think he's the best central midfielder that the Premier League has ever seen Paul Scholes for me and we never used to get the best out of him really because we tried to shoehorn people in yeah. we never just picked an 11 with people in the right positions Very he good was point. playing left midfield in one of the tournaments I mean come on he's not a left midfielder join us next week for the England uh, vintage podcast where oh, we no. just rant about how bad England, about England I don't think any of it would be allowed to be on air M- moving from one club legend Gareth Barry to another just want to say I want people to disagree or agree with me about what I've said it is Gareth Barry the best Premier League ever player Villa have had. Okay. Because Paul McGrath is obviously up there. Yeah. But he was coming towards towards the end of his career. Someone said that actually on Twitter that he was coming towards the end of his... When the Premier League was started, Paul McGrath, I think he only maybe played four, four maybe five years right. in the Premier League. And he was coming to the end of his career. Still fantastic. Yeah. I'm trying to Don't think. Don't get me wrong. But I can't think... York obviously was very, very good yeah. for a long period of time for us. Yeah. I think I think Barry, the fact that he gave eight years as well, the fact he kind of came through the academy as well, I just think value for money, things like that taken in there. Dela Cruz. Dela Cruz, yeah. Mustafa Hadji. There's, yeah, there's a lot of candidates, obviously, but I think Barry, 
if you if you were to analyse it over a lot of different factions, yeah. I think he'd come out on top. Yeah, longevity and quality collide into Gaffer. Just look at what he's done since he's left as well. Uh-huh. And he could, be play, he could be playing for a better team than West Brom. You want to move on? Yeah. All right, going from Gareth Barry, absolute club legend, to uh, another club midfielder. Maybe not legend. Steve Sidwell, did you see what he said this week? About the Birmingham derby being the first. Yeah, I liked that. So I liked that. I've got quite a bit of time for Sidwell. I don't yeah. think we ever, ever saw the best of him because I don't think O'Neill ever played him. If you haven't seen it, Steve Sidwell uh, was asked on Five Live what his favourite uh, derby that he ever played in was. He uh, obviously said the Birmingham derby. He said, I've got his quote here. So it was pure hatred, didn't it? It was massive. When you actually step off the bus and even when you start doing the warm-up, you look around the stadium and you look at the fans and you can just see pure hatred. Um, 2009, Sir Andrews, Gabby Agbonlahor scored yeah, the goal. Yeah, played in that one, didn't I? That was the one he got. What an amazing atmosphere to be a player in. I guess you've got two kinds of players in that situation. Ones that absolutely love it and ones that maybe want to shy away from that kind of vitriolic atmosphere. I mean, I think, like he says, it's full of hatred, but then I haven't really got anything to compare it to because I haven't been to another derby game other yeah. than other than Villa Blues. I think like, like the Liverpool-Everton derby is obviously a bit of respect thrown in there there's there's no respect in the Birmingham derby Villa and Birmingham fans both hate each other mm. pure hatred as Steve Sidwell said so I've got nothing to compare it to I imagine Rangers Celtics probably a similar level if not more I don't know yeah I mean I went to went to university up in up in Scotland and I had a few few pals who were Rangers I fans or Celtic fans and that that I mean that was a bloodbath yeah like seriously like a danger zone to be around even if you weren't at the game you you avoided Glasgow in general uh, on on Derby Day because it was it was, it was horrible um, yeah. and and yeah like you say pure hatred yeah I, I don't I, I don't look forward to the Derby games just because there is that thing in the back of your mind oh God if we lose this mm-hmm. I'm not going to have to show my face anywhere or speak to anyone for a week which is obviously a problem when you do the Villa View yeah but luckily I haven't had to deal with that yet and I hope I don't have to deal with it this season yeah well hopefully not um, I've got one more little tidbit for you. Yeah. Did you see this from Clinton Morrison? No, I saw he was on Sky the other day. It's come from Sky. Uh, I saw this in the Birmingham Mail, actually. No. He he said that Steve Bruce, again, fan cams, Steve Bruce is a legend. Uh, Clinton Morrison agrees. Uh, he said Steve Bruce was the best manager he ever played under. Uh, he obviously played with him at Birmingham and at Crystal Palace as well. Maybe that's why he kept... I'm trying kept to think of what good managers Clinton Morrison might have played under. Uh, he reckoned on, on Villa this year that... He, he'll be the one to turn Villa around. Uh, I think they'll do it this season and go on to good things under him. I hope he's correct. You know, we talked a little bit about that, about the about it still being September, about there, there being opportunity for Villa to uh, to kick on now. And Steve Bruce has done it at this level. His track record's proven, but the worry that people had, me included, was has the league moved on? Even in the time that he got promoted with Hull, has the league moved on significantly since then? And I think it has, but I think he's now realising that and he's trying to rectify some of perhaps his flaws that he has as a manager. Mm-hmm. So we're in a, we're not in as good a position as I thought we'd be in, nor are we in as good a position as we should be in, arguably. But I think we'll be there or thereabouts. I'm still not sure about automatics, but I think we'll be there or thereabouts for playoffs. Yeah, I kind of, and I, that's the minimum requirement. I was, minimum. I was talking to somebody earlier about this, and I feel like. When if we get into the playoffs, which we which we absolutely should, you're right. That'd be a heart attack waiting to happen for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when when we do that, it, do players that that have the Premier League quality and the, the players that have already gone up in this league is that where they come into their own? Play, players like John Terry, it's a long season, but that's where their inspiration well, really kicks there. in. 
he wouldn't be there if we got promoted. Oh, you said talk about sorry, the actual in player. the playoffs. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Well, you'd think so because he's played in bigger occasions than the playoff mm-hmm. final. Although people do say that the playoff final is the biggest game in world football just because of the money mm-hmm. at stake. But you'd like to think so. But there's players there at Villa that have been there before in opposition: Chester, Al Mohamedi, Snodgrass. Can't think of any more. But there's a few I've reeled off there that have mm-hmm. been in that kind of position before. And you come the end of the season when when it's the the business end. We've got a lot of players in in our squad who've been in the position of chal- either challenging for the to win the league or to be in the playoffs. A lot of know how in that squad. So you think mentally we'd be in a good place. It's just whether physically we're in the right place. Uh, the biggest news, obviously, of the week, and I actually got people people actually. Talk to me on Twitter about this. They wanted my People opinion. Actually, talked to Tom Julian I on mean, Twitter. Usually, I just get usually I just get tagged into something and then get about a hundred notifications. Uh, somebody You're growing actually, in popularity, obviously. Somebody actually wanted my opinion, so I was really excited to give a hot take. Somebody asked on my opinion on uh, Villa's latest sponsor, uh, Pucker Pies have uh, have joined. It's Villa. how you've sold yourself as. I mean, what? I mean, your knowledge of, of uh, beverages and food has been spot on. I, so far, you've yet to make a mistake. I'm a trained journalist, you know. Not not six oh, yeah. months. Not six we months did, ago. We doing it? <laughs> no, not six months ago. I was uh, internationally jet setting around. That's true. You were. And uh, and now people are asking my opinion on half-time savoury snacks. So. Uh, I mean, it's a great signing. Does it me. upset you as a trained journalist sitting next to an absolute cowboy? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, I've got a degree in journalism. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I've never done anything with We well, don't know what you're talking about. That's no, for sure. That's, that's true. Uh, Pucker Pie is great signing. Very, very happy with that. Well done. Well done, Villa. I'm glad we finally got that one over the line. Well done. When are you going to be at Villa Park to sample a Pucker uh, Pie? Your eye on any games to come got? down? Yeah, I've got the games here, actually. Let's have a look. You got, you're going to come down? You're going to grace us with your presence on fan cams? I wanted to go this weekend, actually. You'd have been doing fan cams? No, no disrespect to Max. But you'd have probably been doing fan cams had you, uh, had you gone to the game. But you uh, weren't here, were you? No, uh, Nottingham Forest. No, no. no, no. Uh, oh, you mean holiday, this weekend, Bolton? Yeah, I was going to go to oh, Bolton. But well, my... Yeah, Max might have to do them again, actually, because I need to make a quick getaway. My That's wife a separate story. has a uh, wedding that I'm invited to. I try not to get into the same state that you were. but uh, Don't do it, don't. You don't want to be me. We shall don't, see. Don't uh, be damn Bardell, kids. No, I hope to be making it. Very very soon. Good. I'd like to see. Shop. I'd like to see there. Well, when you could offer me a lift, that'd be nice. Just well, like trouble is, I'll go back for the whole weekend. You're not going to want to go back for the whole weekend. I'll come stay you? with you guys. Oh, I'm not sure about that. No. I'm not sure I can let you in the house. I'm not sure what my mother might do to you in the middle of the night. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this has changed. Uh, we got some questions. Yeah, good questions this week. Actually, I wanted to start them a bit earlier. Oh, sorry. It's all right. You. Whoa. When Forty-one minutes. When you're with a trained journalist, you can't stop them speaking, can you? <laughs> oh, that's definitely going to come back to. You shouldn't to, have said it to bite me. You pretentious little man. That's, me? Yeah. All oh, right. Can't okay. find the bloody questions there. Um, favorite Gareth Barry moment in a Villa shirt? Uh, the five-one against Birmingham because he, although he didn't score, he absolutely ran that game and play. He played it like it was his last ever game of football, and obviously he's played about. 300 games since then so it wasn't his last ever game of football but he played it like <laughs> yeah. his life depended on it and I just always remembered that um, hang on shall I get the look you look like you're struggling now yeah sorry I just got lost in a in a pucker pie related incident no it wasn't really um, Glenn Whelan discuss what is there to say still early yeah it's still early I thought I'm Whelan either does something that's really really good or really really terrible there's no middle ground with him at the moment, I'd I'd say, some games he's looked like he's a really top 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 player and top boy, and some games he's looked pretty ordinary. Yeah, I mean, isn't that a he? I mean, he's an old player, he's thirty three. He's come in kind of to rotate with with Yedinak. Yeah. 
and and that's what we what we've got him for. I mean, when I think when he first arrived, he, he was quite useful for Villa. You know, he played well in the was it the whole game made his debut. You know, he he was an anchor there and, and was was quite useful. Yeah. It could be, in a two, as I've said, I answered it last week. In a two, I would think that that is going to cause us some problems. Yeah, I mean, it's a very fast league, the championship, and to have someone like Glenn Whelan without players around him to make him as useful as he can be, that can be a worry. That's uh, from Pal Ben Dixon. Got one here, Sam Gator. Sam comes on fan cams every now and again. I think he got engaged quite recently. Actually, so congratulations, Sam. I like Sam because when he comes to fan cams, I think even if we'd lost 10 0, he'd have a smile on his face. Oh. He's a very smiley guy. Good for him. He says, Which former player have you willed to become a top player for us but didn't fulfil his potential? The only one that I can think of is that I thought Vyman was going to turn out into a much better player than he has done. That's a good one. I thought he was, in that season when Benteke scored all the goals, the first one, I thought Vyman was probably our best player, outfield player that season. And I really thought he was going to turn into more than he did. But then I think being played out of position your whole career is probably not ideal yeah. on a wing. Of recent ilk, uh, Idrissa Garnagay, I was really disappointed with as, as a Villa player. He's obviously gone on to play pretty well for Everton. Um, I felt like we could have done a lot more with him and we didn't utilise him the way we did. Not necessarily his fault. No, no way his fault. No, no. But <laughs> Look at him now. You, you you kind of look at a player like that and go, oh, I wish we'd seen I wish we'd seen the best of him, and that might have changed things for Villa. Yeah, that whole summer was just a disaster, really. Those players were set up to fail. Very to Garner, they, they had no chance of being effective players for us in uh, the end. Hopkins Ben at Hopkins Ben, do you think the expectation of top two has gone? It's not extinguished no, no, for no. me. No, not yet. I'd say it's it's not something I'm confident. Over. I think you'd need to ask again at the end of October. You'll have a much better idea of whether top two is a is a possibility or not. A Leeds top at the moment. I think so. Yeah, they're so, f- flying Leeds, Wolves, Cardiff. They're all flying. They didn't have the greatest start to the season as well, did they? Did they? They didn't get out of the blocks. Like I think the the leaders on twenty points at the moment. Yeah, you're right. Right. So we're not we're not a million miles away. It's not like uh, every team's won every game kind of thing. We need a big October because those teams aren't going to. I don't think those three are going to slow down. I think they'd be they'll be there or thereabouts coming into the season. You need to win the big games. You need to win the playoff type games where where the top, to win all your games where, where the top of the league meet. You of course you do, yeah. And you need your away form to come into it. That's the test now. Has the away form turned? Top. We've won a game there. I mean, it took us it took us till October, November to win an away game last season. So we've got that monkey off our back mm-hmm. early. If we think we had a draw the away game before Bristol City. 1-1, which again we went behind and showed good resilience to come back. The acid test will be the away form, because I think the home form will be okay. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't worry about us at home. I think we'll probably draw the odd game that we should win. But in the main, I don't see us losing too many yeah. at Villa Park. It's whether we can rectify that, that turgid away form that we've had for years. Yeah, Ben Hopkins also wanted to... Uh, <laughs> he's calling us out, Danny. He? he wanted to know uh, when the segment about new chance is going to come in. Obviously, we talked about your, your chant earlier. When we get sent some chance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Hopkins, Ben, Hoppo, as you, as you go by, send us a chant. You know, if you send us a chant, maybe you can film it. Well, um, I feel like the Project B6 guy is the best guy for, for the chance because he seems to have uh, done well with the, the flags and creating an atmosphere in that respect. I feel like it, it would need to be something with him involved to get the chance going because we need some chance for some of the players. If, if you've got a chant that you're, you're kind of, you're workshopping, you maybe need a different rhyme, something like that, 
Come to us and we'll help. Well, we might not help, but somebody else might help. If you put it in the comments section, you know, somebody else might be able to look after you and uh, we can just facilitate. That's what we do here, isn't it? Yes, well, we try. We try to give <laughs> all Villa fans a voice. I'm giving them a voice of a different kind with some chance. This was the, the comment we talked about earlier. Gary Eaton, can we still critically assess games even after a win or is a win uh, the be-all and end-all? I think you can critically assess games. I don't think you can criticise it, though, when you win. <laughs> I, th- I think you can criticise. Yeah, critically bits of it. assessive. I don't think you can criticise it. You, you could, crit- like, say, for example, one player was was dross, and the rest of the team rallied around, and they still won. You can still criticise that performance. But do you really care if you've won? I'm not bothered. I've got- if we win, I'm not really going to take much time to criticise anyone because we've won the game, and that's all I care about. Yeah, doesn't but doesn't that go back to the difference between kind of being an Insta fan and and just holding back and and analysing the game? In a more kind of rational. You can court. say someone's had a bad game. I wouldn't dwell on it. That's oh the, no! What's the point if you've won? No, but you, you, what Steve Bruce will do after a win, or or any manager is look at. He'll still look yeah, at the game. That's for him to do. It's not for us to do, though. Isn't it? Isn't not that really, what we're doing here? Well, next we've won. So we don't bother. Yeah, with no, it. we've won, but we don't, slag, any, we don't slag anyone off because we've won. We try not to slag people off anyway. No, that's you, true. I think you should still look at look at each game and each player. I don't know on because I think there's so many games, and you could say if anyone says we were lucky to beat Forest. Or whatever. Then, oh, there's other games. There'll be another game where we were lucky. And we should have won, and we didn't. So totally, but it swings that, around. That's that. Isn't that like the definition of 24-hour like news and social media? Is that we're constantly assessing, and it's constantly, oh, we should have done this there. We should have done that there. You're always, you're always on. You're always talking about it with anybody that will listen. If we win, let's just be happy. So let's just enjoy it. That's what would be my message. Critically assess, yes. Criticize, no. no. Not after a win. I don't mind it. Don't mind that attitude. I think you make yourself look. A bit silly if you criticise after a win, if I'm being honest. I'm, gonna, I'm waiting for someone to go back over a time that we've won now, and I've probably said something <laughs> at some point. It's probably happened. Yeah. But that's my attitude in, this, in the current day, Dan Bardell. That's what I think. Don't mind it. Yeah, uh, any more for any more? Uh, yeah, Ginger Luke says, Does Henry Lansbury have a future in the first team? Also, when can I smash Dan at FIFA? I presume, <laughs> you, mean, that. presume you mean smash. You wouldn't smash me at FIFA, look. Genuinely, are you a decent FIFA player? I think I'm up to a good standard. Me and Matt had a game last Christmas, didn't win. I won one nil. But you try getting any kind of constructive football together against Matt the Chopper Lynch on FIFA, that guy just ha- just nails you every time you get near his goal. I I, I think mean, I'm a handy FIFA player. I'm the kind of FIFA player as Lynch is then because yeah. I, I I just slide tackle. But I mean, I'm 28 years old and I don't have a games console anymore because I am an adult. Um, <laughs> Dan McCann reckons that I look like his mate. You don't look like <laughs> I him. I don't look like him. He looks a lot bigger than me. Like it's, He in, looks like he's been the gym. He's hit the gym, hasn't he? He has hit the gym. He looks like the women would flock around him as well. I don't say that with you. Whoa. That seems, un- that seems unfair. Um, I've also drawn uh, drawn comparisons with a, a B-Tech Matt Loter. Oh, yeah, that was it. RG on Twitter. He's been asking me to say this for weeks, and I've not, never, not once done it, but I can, finally, I can finally tick that off my list now. He says that you look like a B-Tech Matt Loughton. Uh, you can't really tick off your list, because I still have to do it. That's true. I would, yeah, yeah, that's true. I would have definitely forgot. I wonder if Max Stowe's got his socks. He never told me <laughs> if he did or not. Uh, just, to, just to close that one, I, I'm definitely better looking than Loughton. No. Yeah. Let us know in the comments who's better looking, Bang Loughton. Or t- maybe it could be the title of this podcast, Who's Better Looking, Tom or Matt Loughton. I think that's better. No, no, no. He's a, he's a, be- a good-looking kid compared to you. No offence. Disagree. Um, um, any more for any more? Stuff that we've covered, really. Uh, I can't even get into my phone at this point. <laughs> that's going to be a problem for you coming up with, it, with anything. Yep. AVFP was that Villa's strongest team that started on Saturday. 
it's probably the strongest we can play at the moment. But I don't, again, I keep saying this long term thing. Long term, I don't know. I don't. I don't think it will. But do you know? I'd be I'd... surprised if we're ending the season playing four four to put it that way. That's interesting. I actually thought it, it was a good team, and I thought we put some nice passages of play together and I'm quite excited to see that team on the road uh, against Burton because I think that's enough enough to win by the time you guys might be listening to this you might already know the result um, yeah. of that one there is a preview coming up just recorded there? it did it quickly before you you got here me and Matt or Matt and I I keep doing that Matt and I did the preview we're finally together the schedule is just not happening for us mm-hmm. at the moment as I said last week he's got about 17 jobs at the moment, he's very in demand, always always busy. So, yeah, but it's nice to do a preview with him because, to be honest, doing a preview on your own is very boring. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good to have him back. I'm trying to think what else the Villa View's been doing recently. Like that, the foundation video with young Josh. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I think that's probably my favourite thing that we've done, actually. I really enjoyed being able to do that. It's an honour and a privilege to go and spend the afternoon with Josh and give him some Villa goodies on behalf of the foundation and the Villa View. So, yeah, I recommend watching that video, not just because of it's so heartwarming to see Josh and his little brother yeah. playing around, but because of his, I think Guy Guy Rippon, the head of the Villa Foundation, talks very well about the foundation and their plans, and I know they've launched a new initiative recently, so it's worth checking out to hear that as well. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a great video. It's well worth watching if you've got a few minutes. Check it out. Um, yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I'd just like to give a little shout-out to my dad, because, as I said before, when you were doing the podcast on your own, he couldn't wait to come on and, and participate. When we were struggling in the Middlesbrough Cup game for someone to do fan cams, he point blank said no to me when I said, you're going to have to do one, Dad. He just said no. So I've oh. got to call him out on that. He needs to go on fan cam soon. All I can see now is your dad in a backwards cap and glasses. Like that's, that's What an image. When I vision him. That's just what I need, isn't it? In portraying, portraying the family in a bad light. Do you want to know like that. to finish off in a non-villa note? So if you if you don't like the the banter of the podcast, you can you can Something turn off now. Um, I've got to I've got to get this off my chest because it, it really scarred me today. Okay. I uh, I went. Oh, I know about this already. Yeah. I do. Yeah, we talked about it on Twitter just a minute ago. I went for lunch today, uh, yeah. and uh, I was walking back with my sandwich and my, and my meal deal, and um, and a car ran over a pigeon. And, uh, and it's not the worst thing you can see, is it? It's it, the sound. It's the sound that sticks with you. It was like a bones crunching and a balloon popping at I mean, the same time. It's nice, but there's worse things. As I said in your in reply to you, I saw a homeless person get hit by a bus. That was worse. <laughs> did and I don't mean to laugh at that because that's well, you horrible. Did, you did laugh, but it, it, but I can just see my pigeon. Did the homeless man get up? No, he was like lying flat on the floor. And a lot. I'm not. I'm not exaggerating here. About 3,000 coins came flying out when he got hit. And I'm not even joking. I've got a mate who was with me that day as well. And he's a trained first aider, so he ran over, was quick on the scene. And then some woman kept saying to him, put him in the recumbent position. And I think she meant recovery. But because she kept saying recumbent, it was really confusing him. He was like, I don't know what the recumbent position is. It's oh, a boring no. story. Anyway, I can't believe you've ended the podcast on this. Uh, well, I just wanted to finish it because... Um... Somebody on, on Max wanted to hear about it. I should thank Max actually for stepping in and doing fan cams because I nearly forgot to do that. Yeah, he does a very good job when he steps in as well. Couple I mean, he's not a trained journalist like you, so no, that's just, true. To just come in and, and do that, you're a natural, Max. He is a natural, it's he very, a natural. very good. Well, yeah, sorry for that random tangent. A couple of people wanted to hear that stupid story, and there you go. No, not many, there can't, <laughs> can't have been many asking to hear that because to be honest, it was explained on the tweet. I don't think it needed to go any further. It was just, ah, oh, I just had to get off my chest. Bring oh. back Dolan, is what I said. Bring say. back Dolan. I've got to say, actually, I really enjoyed listening to the podcast without my voice in it so uh, maybe that says something about the podcast with me yeah your voice is quite great thanks I've enjoyed having you back right let's cut it I've enjoyed having you back
immensely and we'll be back next week. What day, we do not know because it does seem to be a bit of a random mishmash of days at the moment. But we will be back if the Villa View public will have us after the ending that we've just created. Well, what Tom's created. Yeah, sorry about that. On this podcast. If you are enjoying what we're doing, then please can you leave a review on iTunes. I'm not sure whether we hit the 60 target that I asked for. I don't think we're far away. Do you want me to have a look? Uh, no, because we've already bored people to tears last right, five minutes. <laughs> As is, but yeah, if you could review the podcast on iTunes if you've enjoyed it, subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on on YouTube. That would be absolutely splendid. Here's hoping for three points for Villa at Burton tomorrow and another three at Bolton, and then we really will have some good stuff to discuss on next week's podcast, episode 19. But this has been episode 18. Thanks for having us. Bye. Up the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.